Raymond McNally tells us in the study In Search of Dracula that though Bram Stoker's novel would go on to achieve the coveted status of bestseller in the 20th century and would be translated into most major languages, Dracula's first actual appearance was on stage, second in fiction, and it was on film that the Count finally achieved his true immortality. Though his road to becoming a household word was a long and torturous one, just a few days before Stoker's vampire novel was published, Dracula appeared on stage for the first time in a play titled Dracula or the Undead, written for the stage by Stoker himself. It was solidly based on the book, but unfortunately its playing time was something more than four hours, much too long for any ordinary stage production, aside from a Wagnerian opera. It was no hit. The first and only performance at the Lyceum Theatre in London in May of 1897 was also the only stage version of Dracula that Stoker ever witnessed. Sir Henry Irving, who drifted in to watch the performance, characterized the play as dreadful. A fellow Irish actor manager, Hamilton Dean, who had read Dracula in 1899, felt that a money-making stage play could be made from the novel. He secured copyright permission from Stoker's widow, Florence, and tried for many years to interest various playwrights in adapting a script. Finally, bedridden with a severe cold, Dean himself took on the task in 1923. He cut out the opening in Transylvania, as well as the chase scenes set there at the end of the novel, and made the Texan Quincy Morris into a woman. His play was performed in June 1924 at the Grant Theatre in Derby. It was an immediate and lasting success. On February 14, 1927, the Hamilton Dean play opened in London, where it enjoyed one of the longest runs in English theatrical history. In fact, the play went on to become a staple for theatrical companies in need of a financial boost. Dean once admitted that whenever his company was in financial straits, they would mount the Dracula play, and it would always make money. Further, Raymond McNally tells us, most people do not realize how much the popular Count Dracula image owes to Hamilton Dean's wardrobe. It was Dean who came up with the idea of having the Count wear a tuxedo and cape with a stand-up collar. Dean's reasoning was actually a matter of practicality. The tuxedo could be used on stage for Dracula, and then by the leading actor at dinner parties before and after the play, thus saving on wardrobe costs. The stand-up collar on the cape was used on stage for the scenes in which Dracula had to disappear. It hid the actor's head when he turned his back to the audience and thus enabled him to slip out of the cape through a trap door in the floor, leaving the impression that he had disappeared when the cape fell suddenly in a heap. Oof. It was Dean who also arranged to have a uniformed nurse available at performances ready to administer smelling salts to those members of the audience who might faint from fright during the play. He saw this ploy as a fine publicity stunt, which was imitated when the American version of the play opened on Broadway. As it happens, we will have a chance to experience Hamilton Dean's version of Dracula, adapted by John Balderston, 
as the Little Theatre of Wilkesbury opens its 101st season this weekend. And instead of smelling salts, he'll be offering, at least at one performance, the opportunity to brace ourselves with a Bloody Mary. Actor Tyler Florian is a member of the Little Theatre Board of Directors, and he stopped in to fill us in. I think this show is perfect to start the year off because it's a show everybody knows. What better way to start off 101st season with Dracula? How does this story told on stage relate to the Bram Stoker? It's very much the same. The only thing that's a little different is Mina's not predominantly in it. It's more so about Lucy instead. So I think that's the only different thing entirely, but mainly it's the same story everyone knows and has heard millions of times from different generations. In this particular production, the concept of the director and getting together with the scenic designer and the lighting crew and all of that, how is the sense of the supernatural evoked? So with our lighting, we get so many different effects into this. The lighting drastically adds so much to it. The characters that we get into, I play Renfield and he's a psychotic, crazy, fun time and I love doing it. And just the way that we're all able to accompany so much visual with very minimalistic set, mind you, we're able to get so much across to the audience and everyone's so perfect in character. It's, it's such a great time. Develop something more about the set. For example, who did it? That would be Meg Davis. She put it together. Oh, and Bernie Mulcahy helped set design it. But Meg Davis put the set together and she did a very beautiful job on it. I love it so much. She did a wonderful job on it. And yet it's not overly broken. It's, oh, yeah. But it's it's enough to give us oh, yeah. suggestions, but let our imaginations mm-hmm. roam. It's very minimalistic, but you will definitely feel like you're either in the doctor's office or you're in Lucy's Bordeaux. Oh, and in the catacombs, too, of course. <laughs> and when you have a chance to say, well, I'm an actor, I can play many roles, I'm versatile, I've done this, I've done that. How do you find your inner Renfield, for example? My inner, um, so when I'm searching, I always look to who's like the most iconic person that I can relate this character to. But then I like to accompany another character that I know that has done this before into that same performance. So I like to merge them together to get like a weird mixture of both worlds. And then that is how I eventually get my character in a sense. (laughs) You mentioned Lucy, but certainly the relationship between Dracula and Van Helsing is critical. Yes. They have a dynamic scene that's done beautifully. So when they first confront each other, it's not that, it's just like a casual meeting, but then when it's just the two of them on stage, it's such a beautifully done scene between the two actors. It's a great time. You could feel the tensity between the two. Do we get a sense of full characters? Is Lucy a full? Oh, yeah. We definitely see the character growth and development between each other. Lucy starts off as struggling to get herself together because there's something wrong with her. We don't know what it is. But then she starts building it up and then she starts becoming more with the vampiric thing. And I'll leave it at that. I don't want to spoil too much. (laughs) My character's straightforward the whole show. We know that. But I think the relationship between her and her father is great because it's it's great to have a a father-daughter chemistry. And just Van Helsing from the beginning, he's a mysterious figure. We don't know much about him. But then as it progresses, we start seeing how intensive work he does on everything and the history that he's been developing himself. 
do you have a sense that as the show goes on, we will be sitting up more and more or leaning forward, feeling the tension? I definitely think the audience will. I had a reporter come the other day who came in for one of my scenes when I, I'm just rambling off doing all this crazy stuff. And she was so mesmerized by my performance and saying how chaotic and done well it was. It was disturbingly interesting, she put it. And, and it's great to hear that because I want people to experience a completely different side of theater always. And just hearing that already is beautiful. And all our actors are constantly promoting each other, saying how perfectly cast this is. And we work so well together. So I definitely think everyone's going to be on their edge of their seats for this. And so when you think about what you are living through as your character, but in cooperation and collaboration with the cast, is there a theme or are there reverberations for us today? From my character standpoint, he's someone that's on the brink of trying to escape from someone in control of him, Dracula. And I think he's constantly trying to get the message across, guys, there's something wrong with me. You guys need to pay attention. But they're constantly like, oh, he's just insane. Just let him go. He's a madman. I think that's a key thing that we should take away is always get both sides of the story. You never know what's going on. I mean, someone could be saying something and you're like, oh, that's just they're just talking. It's nothing entirely. But you always want to listen carefully to what they're actually saying. What about costumes? Oh, my gosh. The costumes are incredible. I love Dracula's cape. Of course, we knew it was going to be a great cape. My costume is very... (laughs) It's very easy to wear. It's not too uncomfortable. It's very loose. Lucy has a gorgeous dress. It's so gorgeous. She has a couple different outfits. It's great seeing those. And then, of course, the guys are always wearing button downs. They're very dressed up, very sophisticated. But it's a great, great time. I love the costumes. It sounds like it can take us away from the troubles of our (laughs) world and yet, you know, give us a little thrill at the same time. Exactly. Of course. And that's always what we want to do in theater. We always want to thrill people. Do you know the dates and times? We open this Friday, and then we're going to be also having a gala afterwards. If you want to meet the cast, you can always come and meet us. And then we're going to be there Saturday also, same time, same place. And then Sunday, we have a matinee, which we also will have very nice Bloody Mary drinks. And then the weekend after that, we will be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as well. Tyler Florian, member of the Little Theater Board, filling us in on the opening of the 101st season of the Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre on Friday the 27th, this Friday the 27th, this weekend and next, Dracula. It is Hamilton Dean's version adapted by John Balderston and there will be performances Fridays and Saturdays and a Sunday matinee throughout the run and you're invited to join them for a meet and greet following Friday's performance, and there will be other opportunities to celebrate the performance and the production. For more information on the web, ltwb.org, ltwb.org.
that's Dracula at the Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre. And it's this weekend and the following weekend, Fridays and Saturdays at 8 p.m., Sundays at 3. And you can find them on North Main Street in Wilkes-Barre. For more information on the web, ltwb.org, ltwb.org. <laughs> 